0: So thank you guys for joining another episode of the Key Chat. Today, I have a very special guest. Her name is Ms. Ayana Johnson. She's a clinical mental health therapist, a four-times published author, and she's also a speaker and an entrepreneur, and she's written a new book, and she also has her first annual conference coming up. So we're going to be discussing mental health and also the wonderful things she's doing with her platform. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing well. Thank you for having me.
0: Awesome. So I know um, you have a lot of good things going on with your mission. So I first wanted to talk about your platform. So just going through your information, it just mentioned that your mission is to bring mental health awareness to society, to heal our land, and to possibly impact our world one community at a time. So what was your first love that connected you to mental health? That's something that I feel like in our community, we can't talk enough about what we definitely need to bring more spotlights to it. There's a lot of stigmas involved. So what gave you the mission to be involved with it?
1: So, For me, like, um, it really all started like when I was growing up and I noticed like my dad, my uncles, um, a lot of my family members, they would go in and out of prison. And I'm like, okay, why do they come out? And then they go back, come out and go back. And so when I would ask those questions, I didn't really get an answer. And so it kind of like caused me to be intrigued by mental health as far as criminal perspective. So ideally, I wanted to like be on the first 48 and be an investigator. So I went and got my bachelor's degree um, in criminal justice. And then I said I would go to grad school to pursue being an investigator. But the Lord took me a different way. Um, As I continued to pursue, I realized that mental health is. Something that's not really discussed, like you just said, like growing up, I couldn't really ask questions because people would just kind of shove me away. So I'm like, okay, well, this is bigger than them just going to jail. This is like me wanting to understand why do people think the way that they do? And ultimately the way you think is the outcome of your behavior. So once I put that together, then I was like, okay, I need to go to grad school to be a clinical mental health therapist. So I can actually diagnose people so they can know what's going on with them.
0: That is true. I think that a lot of times, our mental health obviously is the root to all of our decisions, our choices. When people are suffering, or they may have, like you mentioned, prime example, someone going in and out of prison. I just think sometimes people just want like a quick fix, instead Mm -hmm. of trying to research the root of the problem, or the root of the repetitive behavior. And it always goes back to some form of trauma, or maybe a mental health disorder, just something that wasn't addressed so that is like a great point so I know one of your other points is just the importance of therapy again I think in our community right now I think the conversation regarding therapy it's been it's spoken of more I don't think it's um I think this is one of the times where people I've never seen so many people talk about therapy honestly so which is a good positive thing I still think there's still some stigmas involved in it, though. I know for people of color, it's getting, it's less shame, I think, involving people saying, hey, you know, I do speak to a therapist, but there's still that same naysayers, a group and beyond color who just don't believe in therapy, or they just yeah. want to go to therapy like something wrong, is you get crazy, or just all these, you know, particular things of nonsense. So for you, what is your point regarding the importance of therapy and the second question is in our community how can we continue I guess to be more transparent so that we can break the stigmas involving therapy in our community
1: okay so um starting with like the importance of therapy I agree with you I do believe that people are becoming a lot more vulnerable and open and honest um however they're not like So it's almost like this is like a social media hot topic. I'm gonna get on here and I'm gonna say what I need to say. People are hurting, I'm hurting. But like the evidence to pursue um, therapy is not really increasing. So I think that um, with people like voicing it has increased to make it a thing again, but unfortunately Our culture teaches us, and I think this will go hand in hand with the second question. Our culture teaches us, like, just work hard, you know, F him, F her, do your thing, make money, you know? And it's like, that is not the root of happiness. I need to, I got stuff I'm dealing with and I need to be able to talk about it. So the next question, like, how do you break the stigma by allowing your children, right? The next generation to... Be open, you know, don't tell the boy he's not supposed to cry. Don't tell the girl, you know, if she's going through something in high school with a guy, you say, date him all, F him, whatever. Like these, these cursed mindsets that we have that is like in every family, somebody got to be the one to say, all right, enough with this foolishness. This is the appropriate way to deal with it. Like, tell me how you're feeling. Yes, that hurt you. It's okay. Cry, talk about it. So it starts in the in in the um, in the home and if you don't have children, utilize your spouse to do it. Like be able to be that person for your spouse that can come to you and they feel an emotional, they're feeling discombobulated. They're not happy based off things that they've dealt with in the past and be the one to encourage your family member. Like you need to go talk to someone. So I think that's, what's gonna like just us putting the initiative behind the approach of just saying something's wrong with me, like taking that next step is what's going to like break that stigma.
0: You hit a lot of points. And that's just one of so many points that you hit. First of all, with social media, of course, a lot of people hop to things because it's trendy. So of course now it's trendy to say something positive about therapy. So you got a whole bunch of people posting memes and talking all this yin-yang that have never talked to a therapist, unfortunately. <laughs> you know, or they don't even know like the importance of therapy in general meaning like I've seen people say hey well you know I tried it only because you know it's a hot topic on social media so they're like oh I tried it and I hated it and it's like I have personally had conversations with people sometimes I'm like okay well what type of therapist did you choose oh well, they were blah 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 and it's somebody that they wouldn't even relate to normally so it's like why would you choose a therapist just to choose one like you didn't even do any research or take time you know because again it's trendy now so they didn't value the importance so it's like well you just devalue yourself you know on something that really is very beneficial you know so that's the only negative thing I think about when things become trendy you know people don't they want to just do it just to say they did it.
1: yes they don't personalize and. it personalization is so important which is very hard to do in the world we live in today to be honest it takes right. a, another level of bravery another level of sacrifice another level of consistency to be able to say okay i'm gonna do away with that stuff for a moment i'm gonna do a, do a fast from social media or i'm gonna you know kind of personalize my own life and see what i need to change about myself and write some realistic goals nobody you know i'm not gonna say nobody's doing it but it's not trendy it's not you know, popular. So it's a struggle, and I get it, but that's what it's going to take.
0: Right. And another thing that you said that was important is just generational curses, of course, in families, especially families of color. There's still some families now, like, you cannot say that you're depressed. You can't say that you have anxiety. It's like, what is that? Are yeah. you of not being a good Christian? You know, a lot of our generations we have religious ties so like if you say you're depressed or you are gone through something they look at it like well you must not be praying enough or you're doing something wrong in that religious aspect you know so that's it's just so vital what you said just about the black family experience you know and therapy and mental health and just generational things sometimes it's like there's always like you said that one person has to say something however it's not easy when you may be in a role of being that generational curse breaker, the person that's like, we need to talk about this, because that's another thing in our families too, I think we're conditioned that we're not supposed to discuss things, we're not supposed to discuss trauma, you're supposed to get over it, pray about it and move on. And that's just not the easy fix for everyone. So from your perspective, you know because one thing you mentioned you're a woman of God and you're also a mental health therapist so I'm like wow so she's gonna have a good perspective on this because I do think you know I think that's been a problem for some people like they feel like it's it's like a religious battle sometimes with people because it's like well is this meaning that I'm not doing something right or I'm having problems like what's wrong so like how can we navigate that like how do we balance through that because some people really They punish themselves and I'm like okay well I must be doing something wrong I'm not praying enough or or like I said some people believe religious wise you should not go to a therapy, so Mm -hmm. what's the balance, how do we break through that.
1: Um, the first word will be the same thing that I just kind of mentioned personal personalization Um, religion comes from most people that are religious. They grew up that way right. Your mom and them taught you how to be a certain way, or you're in the church and they're telling you, like, pray for everything, pray it away. <laughs> but the, the, uh, I, I praise God every day because I didn't meet him in religion. I met him on my own in my living room, just getting on my knees, talking to him. I didn't grow up in church, my, I didn't grow up in that environment. Um, I didn't even have a relationship with God until I was 22 and now I'm 33. Um, so it started, um, me being able to put more emphasis on my relationship with God versus my religion. Cause I still don't consider, I would say that I'm Christian only because I believe that Jesus died for my sins. That's why I would say that I'm Christian. However, You don't have to follow any laws if you have a relationship with the one who created the laws. So I'm not saying don't follow the Bible, but you don't have to necessarily feel so convicted by the church or convicted by other people, family members, elders, if you have a relationship with the source yourself. So if you're doing something, God will convict you. If you're doing something that you should not be doing, you will be convicted personally. And then you'll know what changes you need to make based off your relationship with him. So um, what do we do? So we put more emphasis, again, on having a relationship with God. Like, make that a goal for yourself by the end of this year. Like, I know I love my parents. I love my grandma. I love my church. I love the way I was raised. But... I got to personalize this thing because I feel like overwhelmed. I feel like I'm beating myself up now because I made a mistake or I slept with a a person that I shouldn't have slept with or whatever the case may be. Like, you got to speak these things to yourself and say, "Okay, God, I need to know you closer. Like, I want to know you closer. Like, I think it starts there. Um, And then when it comes to the therapeutic perspective, he gives us common sense. So if you know that you're dealing with something and it's just too much for you to bear, you know that you hearing voices or, you know, you can't get out of bed or, you know, you're constantly angry, you, you know, things are happening, emotions that you don't even feel like you have control over. That's how you know it's time to speak to a therapist to get that constrictive, constrict, sorry, get that constrictive guidance. Um, to get to that next place. But again, your relationship and your common sense go hand in hand. Out with the naysayers, out with, you know, like I said, love and respect the church, love and respect your environment, your family, but personal personalization in a relationship God is gonna help you to get to your healthiest st- um, state of mind.
0: Right, I fully agree because I just feel like, you know, your healing is not for anyone else's approval you know, what you need to do, like you said, personalization, what one individual needs to do to heal themselves or to relieve themselves from any type of mental warfare. Like, no one else deserves a say-so in how you choose to get that help, you know, right. community. Sometimes you may have some people like, hey, now I agree with that, but right, that's when you have to develop that strength too, because Number one, breaking generational curses is not for the weak anyway, you know, because it's a lot involved, you know, but whatever you have to do for your mental health, you just have to just be, like you said, personalize it. Like, this is what I have to do for myself because our healing is our responsibility and we deserve healing every single one of us. So that's another powerful point too. Another thing I wanted to talk about, of course, you have your new book coming out and it's called The Pieces of Success. So tell us about the book and what was your process in writing it and what audience would you like to reach and what would you like them to take away from the book?
1: Okay, so um, the book, The Pieces of Success, this is my fourth book. So I wrote my first book back in 2015 with zero dollars, no money at all. (laughs) So um, when it comes to The Pieces of Success, starting off with my journey in 2015 where I was doing everything that I'm telling y'all that you should do right now the you know one thing about me being a therapist is I'm not a therapist based off of my credentials I'm a therapist based off of my experiences it blows my mind when I'm sitting in sessions and people are talking about things that they went through and literally God has forced me to go through just about everything. <laughs> so you see me now, but I've been, I've had to go through it because when we talk about generational cycles, generational curses, like I am that one in my family. So having like the weight of the change, the new bloodline in my family, I have to go through a lot. So the pieces of success really identifies the different pieces of what it took for me to get here, the different aspects and I talk about my journey of those pieces but it's more of like these are the things that you should do to factor in to becoming not only successful but as you do it becoming like your whole self. So if you can look at the if you look at the the book cover you'll see like little you'll see pieces of a puzzle but it ultimately makes like the visual of my face or the picture of me. That's because there were so many different um, avenues that I had to take and put all those things together. And it created the Ayana Johnson that you're talking to today. Um, so just pieces of success, um, walking by faith, not by sight, obviously. But there's so, like I said, there's so many things that I had to really lock in on my journey and on myself and create this life that nobody ever taught me, or I never had an example of, or I didn't know even where to start. <laughs> but I knew I was called, so I, that's all I saw. So that's the pieces of success. And the audience that I plan on, um, well, let me back up. So um, the process that it took for me with this book, my conference is next week. I have, I've, I've had so many projects that I've been working on and so many things I've been doing. I literally had to <laughs> write this book, I kid you not, in 30 days. This is, and it showed me like, okay, girl, you, you really like amazing. (laughs) Like not to brag or to boast, God will put you in positions where it's like, he, you know, he will stretch you. And that's what I had to do in this book. Like it wasn't, it wasn't hard because it was already in me. So I didn't have to think too much. I just put it on paper. Right. And so, um, that was the process for this book in specific. And now the audience that I would like to reach are people who, again, are similar to um, to me in any way, shape or form. Like I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a mental health therapist. I'm the first generation of everything. First generation to buy a brand new home, first generation to go to grad school, first generation to be called as an author, called as a speaker. Like I never imagined my life being like this growing up. So anybody that just, want to like identify success outside of money too because obviously I had success before I had money I have money now but before I had money I had success because I had a vision and I pushed myself to in a way where nobody I had nobody but God so I was successful before because I was able to identify who I am on this earth and I didn't stop until I made it to where I am today so um, entrepreneurship first generation, if you want to get closer to God, if you want to just learn yourself more, develop yourself more, if you want to understand, like, this whole process of faith, you know, we use that word, but what does that really mean? I feel like a lot of people don't even know the extent of what that means, so, you know, all of that, that's what that book is about. Okay, and
0: you mentioned your conference, so tell us about the first annual conference.
1: So, my first annual conference, like I said, I've I've always always known that I was like called to like help people to heal or help people to become better even before I became a mental health therapist. Um, so I've I created a nonprofit organization called Resembling Roots. Um, and that was in 2017. So I've been hosting like little meetups around Atlanta and doing different things, but like this is my first big annual conference that I'm hosting so like when you say overwhelmed when you say filled when you say blessed like this is what blessed means to me when you can be able to confidently utilize your gifts to help a multitude of other people and God really trusts you to do it that's mind-blowing to me so that's what this conference is about resembling Ruth um was when I birthed it, it was really focused on women like exploring their internal and external beauty. beauty. Um, One thing for sure, I know that there's a lot of women in the world that are beautiful. If you look at them on the outside, you see how beautiful they are. But one thing I know for a fact from being a therapist, there aren't a lot of women that are beautiful on the inside. And what that means is being confident, being aware, being holy right loving other people having a a relationship with God and living according to their purpose again we live in a trendy world let me go get my body done and put on a two-piece outfit and I'm I'm popping period so I really want to be the one to show people like because I look at myself in the mirror and I'm like I know I'm beautiful but I didn't always feel this way I remember times where I know for a fact I didn't feel this way it's like get it how you live my mom growing up my mom used to be like you beautiful, use what you got, get what you want from these niggas. Like that was how I grew up, real talk. So being able to be in position now where I'm like, okay, I know my worth, I know my value. I'm not settling for somebody because of the amount of money that they have. I'm not settling because it looks good. Like I could have been married out here in these streets, but I, <laughs> I'm choosing not to because I know the man that God has, that I'm, you know, that I'm purposed to be with. And it's, it's gonna take, that takes, know a lot of qualities so I don't know it's just you know that's what resembling Ruth is about so resembling Ruth the biblical story of Ruth her confidence her boldness her faith her heart right and her perception for life that's what it is
0: well last my last question which ties into what you just said we do talk about self-love on this platform so and you mentioned you know people loving themselves on the outer but may not be able to love themselves on the inside and also what you touched on with, you know, I know, again, we talked about trends for some people, it's trendy, you know, to get surgeries and things like that, you know, <laughs> but just loving yourself at the stage you're in, out and in or. sometimes it's hard for people. So how do you define self-love and what role has self-love played in your life? But you touched on that already for the most part, but definitely how do you define self-love?
1: So, and, and let me put this disclaimer out there. There's nothing wrong with getting surgery. You want right. to get your tummy tucked and look beautiful? Girl, do it. I right. just need you to feel the way that you look, right? Um, so how do you, how are you able to like um, explore self-love and to be able to determine if self-love, if you have it, is when you can walk this earth, you can leave out your house every day, right? And you can walk this earth and you can be very confident in every foot, every step that you take. Does that mean that you know your path and you know what you're supposed to be doing? No, no, no. What it means is like, I know why I was born. I know why I was born. I know the people that I'm supposed to impact. I know what I deserve and I'm never going to settle. Okay. Yeah, I could get my my body done and it looks good, but trust and believe, sweetie, this don't make me. You know, I know who I am. Like, so being able to um, and not settle—it's—it's it's easy to settle when it gets hard. But those who are um, worthy within their own right and they understand the quality of the being that they are, they understand the existence that they have. They will never settle. You—you you will never settle. I have friends that's married. I have friends that's single. You know, and we have these conversations all the time and not to just talk about relationships, but it's like, they command me all the time. Like girl, so-and-so you know, tried or whatever, you just rejected me. I'm like, it's not about rejection. I'm never settling. I grew up watching my people settle. I watched my mom and my aunt settle. Like I don't, I I know my qualities and I know my worth, but um, being able to just look in the mirror and be proud of yourself you know that's self-worth
0: yes definitely well this has been a great conversation thank you so much for just shedding your platform and touching on so many good topics but before we go tell everyone how they can connect with you how they can follow you on social media and how they can get more information regarding your book and your conference I know like it may be too late to attend it but still give everybody some information because it's first annual so I know it's something you're going to be doing
1: again, definitely. Oh, for sure. Um, next year, we're going to hit another state. I know at the beginning of next year, we are in Africa. I'm so excited. And then after that, um, I'm going to take it to, I, I mean, we look in between LA and Houston. So in between the two um, for next, for the second annual, but you can find me on www.ayana, that's A-Y-A-N-A dash johnson.com. My Instagram is ajbeautiful. And if you are in Atlanta and you want to shoot me a DM and say, look, Diana I want to be a part of this conference. Shoot me a DM and I'll definitely try to work that out for you. Again, that's ajbeautiful on Instagram.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much for your conversation. And thank you just also for shedding light on mental health. Is Like I said, I think there is many conversations. We can have in our community about mental health, especially amongst Black women and minorities. It's just something that we need to discuss. So I do love talking to mental health professionals on the platform. So thank you again for everything that you're doing and much success to you. And we'll definitely be looking out for your book and more information on your future conferences.
1: Thank you for what you're doing. (laughs) And I appreciate Uh, you for having me, for sure. Thank you so much. Have a good one. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.